my friends, and welcome to Carmen United Church for October 18th of 2020. I'm the pastor of this church, Reverend Nick Phillips, and I'm so glad you've joined us for worship this day. Let us pray. Lord God, we come before you with humble and open hearts. We invite your Holy Spirit to unite us today in this time of worship. We know that while this isn't as good as coming together in the church to praise you, we still know that you are with us. So bless our time this day as we offer you our thanks and praise. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. And Paul writes, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with his power through his Spirit, in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly Then all we think or ask, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, as we gather here in your presence, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at prayer. This time, we're looking at prayer. I know I've talked about prayer before. This time, we're going to look at some aspects of prayer that we haven't necessarily touched on in any real depth before. We, We all tend to have questions around prayer, so we're going to try to address some of those over the next few weeks. And today, our first topic on prayer is prayer as praise and thanksgiving. I think most of us can agree that a lot of our prayer time is spent kind of listing our concerns to God. This is not a bad thing. We, we should be praying for things that concern us, things like the people we care for who may be facing difficulties right now or praying for, for wider concerns like elections or poverty or addictions or, or wars or the environment, or even spending some time praying for ourselves. These are all good examples, valid examples, of things we can and should be praying for. But is that all? God delights in our spending time with him. He loves hearing our concerns. He he wants to answer our prayers. He wants to be part of our life, and he is. But God also wants us to spend time in prayer getting to know him better and deeper. When the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray? What does Jesus answer with? How did Jesus respond? How did he tell them to pray? He gave them what we call today the Lord's Prayer. Jesus gave an example of what a daily pattern of prayer might look like, something that we can use 
on a daily basis. Now, key to our consideration of prayer is how the Lord's Prayer begins. It says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The prayer begins with a certain amount of recognition and acknowledgement of God's role. By saying, Our Father, we are acknowledging this special intimacy that we can have with our God, especially in our times of prayer. Think about, think about looking at those old pictures of children sitting around on the floor uh, listening to their father, maybe in the living room or, or by the warm fire as he tells them stories. Now, I personally don't know of too many people that have had this kind of experience growing up, but they sure do look good in pictures and movies, don't they? They are always portrayed as these special moments for everyone who's involved, children and, and parent. Now, just to be sure that as much as we pray our Father, we, just want, we, we, don't, we want to be sure that we're not bringing God down to our level. And so to reinforce this thing, we don't want to bring God down to our level, Jesus adds, our Father who art in heaven. That is, he's not of this world. He's, he's from a place beyond. And to be doubly certain that we're not bringing God down to our level, Jesus adds even more. He says, hallowed be thy name. So what does it mean to say, hallowed be thy name? Well, what it means is we're to approach God with a recognition that he is indeed holy, meaning that he is set apart and unique. There's no one like him. There's no one before him. And there's no one on this earth that holds the authority that God holds. But there's more. It also means more subtly that we are praying in such a way that others will recognize this holiness and glory of God through us. So let's look at an example of the opposite. And let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 20 and 21, where it writes, And wherever they went among the nations, they profaned, profaned my holy name. For it was said of them, These are the Lord's people, and yet they had to leave his land. I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. Now, due to the behavior of the chosen people of God, the Israelites, the enemies, their enemies, learned to blaspheme and profane God's holy name. Now why? Because of the actions of those who claimed to be people of God. They spoke poorly of God. Their God they're the God that chose them. They spoke poorly of him. So others learned to speak poorly of God as well by their example. Now imagine if they had to leave their land as they had to, that instead of profaning God's name, they still went out and proclaimed God's holy name. Imagine what would have happened then. There's no question people look at Christians today to determine whether God 
is worthy of their time and attention. This is as true today as it was for Ezekiel's time. And then when we look at how Paul prayed, we see that he made sure to give God the glory whenever he had the chance. We see it in our reading from Ephesians today. When we look at verse 21, he says, To him be glory in the church in Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Paul is acknowledging God's glory, God's authority, God's holiness in this prayer by proclaiming his glory. Now, is this something that maybe we should be considering in our own prayer time? Just a thought. Now, by Jesus saying, hallowed be thy name, are we just simply to recite those words every day when we pray? Not really, although it's not a bad thing to be saying hallowed be thy name. But what, he's actually, what Jesus is actually inviting us to do is to pray about God's name being hallowed in and through us. So how does this work? Well, first of all, we want to be praying that God keeps us from dishonoring his holy name. We ask God to to enable us to glorify him through all that we do. It's all for his glory, not for our own. It's not for us, it's for God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. We pray to God to extend his praise, not for our own selfish needs. Now secondly, we also pray asking God to be glorified among the nations as, as he's glorified in us. We are asking for faith in God to spread beyond the walls of our houses, uh, our homes, beyond the walls of our churches, beyond, beyond these things to go out into the streets of our towns, to go out throughout our province, our country, the entire world. We want God's glory to spread so that others will honor God as well and call upon his holy name in their own lives. And finally, our prayers for hallowing God's name means we physically and emotionally show our gratitude to God. This means if we hallow God's name, it not only means that we seek to live righteous lives, but also to have a heart that is full of praise and gratitude and joy toward God. Now this leads to the question, Why, then, should we praise God? The obvious reason is because we have learned that God is great and and worthy of our praise. I mean, we just need to look at a number of the Psalms to realize this, to realize why God is worthy of praise. In particular, we can take a look at Psalm 95 and Psalm 103, which you can look up later. Just think about what God has done for us. He forgives our sins. He heals us. He forgives us. He loves us. He speaks to us. And he wants his very best for us. 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, 
Does the Lord delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of the rams. Now what better way to praise God than to be a living sacrifice for him? This First Samuel is telling us that our praise and our obedience is far better than any animal sacrifice we can make. So if we want to praise God for, uh, in a life of thanksgiving for what he has done for us, then we ourselves should seek to be a living sacrifice that glorifies his name each and every day. When we begin to adjust our living to be more praiseful of God, we enter into a more into a deeper, more intimate relationship with the one who gave us life, who is our Father in heaven. Scripture says that when we come to the gates of God with our sacrifice, it, does it mean that when we drop it off there, it's just, there's a sign on the door that so leave here, I'll pick it up later? No. Scripture says God opens the door and welcomes us in. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. This is when we really begin to experience the joy and the peace of the Lord in our lives. When we turn to God in praise and prayer, our lives change and, of course, for the better. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, You have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. If we turn to Paul, Paul writes to the Romans, a Roman church in Romans 15, 13, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This joy, this peace, this power of the Holy Spirit, it is available to us right now when we come to, to praise God in our lives through our actions, our words, our thoughts, our prayers, our whole self. God will give you peace today if you turn to him. And when we experience that powerful presence of God, it increases our faith and enhances, it enhances our prayers. This is where we find strength, the strength to live our lives fully for the Lord. We hear this echoed in the, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 30 and 31, where he writes, Even youths grow tired and really weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint, he writes. And we can turn again to Paul in 2 Corinthians three twelve, where he says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, 
We are very bold. All of this leads us to know that God is with us to the point where our praise is even a shield against the evil forces of this world. We will find protection from God when we fully live for him. Now, this doesn't mean that trouble will not come. It will still come. The challenges, they will still come. But when we are in the presence of God, praising God, we know that we have the reassurance, the reassuring presence of our God who is with us in our corner every step of the way. So now that we've seen the benefits, the question becomes, how do we do it? How do we praise God? Well, first, we need to praise God with our whole heart. This is what God seeks. And that means we can sing, speak, or even shout our praises to God. There's times when I'm working in my office, office and maybe I'll have some uh, praise music on just in the background, and I can't help but sing along. And sometimes maybe I'll even get to the point where I'm practically shouting the lyrics of praise to God. We can also sing, we can dance, we can clap. We, we don't need to be afraid of these exuberant styles of worship, especially even in our own private prayer time. Sure, it may seem foreign to us here in the United Church, but God, he really wants us to, to sing, to shout, to clap, and dance. He wants to do it along with us. Another thing we might consider in, in our terms of praise of God and thanksgiving is that we might try different positions of prayer. Now, normally when I pray, I sit in a particular chair in my office. I've got my prayer journal there. I've got my Bible there. And that's where I pray. But there are other times when maybe I'll, I'll need to move. I'll get up and I'll pace back and forth in my office as I pray. But there's also other ways in which we can pray. There's other positions we can assume besides sitting or walking or standing. What about on our knees uh, in submission to God? What about lying face first down on the floor? We, these are examples of things we see in the Bible. Is there anything wrong also with, with like raising our hands in worship? I remember once going uh, to a Christian concert with some friends. And as we were singing along with the, with the artist, I, I raised my hands up over my head. And later on, my friend pointed out to me, said, you, you raised your hands in worship almost, almost like she was accusing me of something. My response was simply, So? And then she dropped it. In the moment, I was raising my hands as a sign of my love for God and the intimacy that I was feeling with him in that moment, despite the fact I was there with like another 600 people or more. It just felt completely natural in that moment, at that time. And I, it was nothing new to me. I had done it before, and, and I've most certainly done it since. Now, sometimes how we worship is indicative of our adoration of God. It's not just for show. It's not just to say that, hey, I'm holier than you are. 
It's just our natural response to the love we have received from him. Now, I'm not saying that if we are reserved in our praise, that if we don't raise our hands or we don't clap or we don't shout, I'm not saying that if we don't do these things, that we don't love God. That's not what it's about. What I'm saying is, is that our times of worship, our times of prayer, should, we should feel free to do whatever feels natural at the time. God has given us an invaluable gift, a gift through the resurrection, through the death and resurrection of his one and only son. And through him, Jesus Christ our Lord, God has given us eternal life. This is something worth celebrating in whatever way we feel most comfortable. God is in relationship with us. So as natural as it is for for me to give my wife a kiss in the morning before I head out to the office, it's because I'm expressing my love for her, so too should we feel natural in our times of praising God, of showing our love for him, even in the privacy of our own prayer times. God's gift of relationship and intimacy, these things, they have a profound effect on us. Deep down, it changes who we are as citizens of this world when we realize we are children of an amazing Father in heaven who has given us the gift of eternal life in his presence. But at the same time, this is a presence we can experience here on this earth. A presence that is so powerful that we want to share it with those who are around us so they too can experience it for themselves. So in light of all of this, may we hallow God's name. May it be hallowed both in our prayer times, those private times with God, but also how we live our lives publicly as well. Prayer. Prayer is is this time of intimate connection to our great Father who is in heaven, who has great things in store for us. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you now to join me in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Father, we we come. We come today giving thanks and praise for your steadfast love and for your mercy upon us. We give thanks for the intimacy of relationship you have invited us into as your children. It is truly a gift. It is a gift that we often struggle to accept because we often know, we often feel that we are unworthy But this is a gift you offer nonetheless because you see past our faults. You see past our sins. You see the future that you have in store for us. So we we thank you for your forgiveness of the wrongs we have done. You are such an amazing Father. Our hearts are just bursting full of praise. Lord, 
on this morning, we, we have a, a new government in place for our municipality and, and for municipalities all across this province. Uh, I am recording this before we know the results, so we just simply pray today for all who have been named as winners of the election. We pray for our mayor. We pray for our council, this new team of people who are tasked with leading our community into the next four years. Lord, may you bless the work of their hands. May you guide their hearts. May you show them those who need special service who live in this special corner of the world. May those who struggle daily be not forgotten but held up in love and service by all. And Lord, we do pray for those who are in need in our community, for those who are around us, for those who are in need of your special blessing today. We pray, we pray for those who struggle, for, for those who are sick, for those who mourn, for those who are hungry, for those who are alone, and for the many, many others we care about today. Lord, may you bless them. May you just give them a special blessing today to let them know they are loved, that they are cared for, that they are held by you. And may, Lord, may you bring healing, whatever that looks like, into their lives. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who is the healer in this world. Lord, for these and so many other concerns of our hearts, we lift up all these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Be Still and Know, a ministry of Carmen United Church in Sydney Mines. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, www.carmenunited.ca. May God bless you this day.